0: Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Alec Brussel, And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we discuss a different filmmaking topic and give you our point of view. We're not claiming to be experts, we're just two filmmakers trying to figure it all out. Just trying to figure it out. Yes, trying to figure it out um so this week we're talking about festival premieres and online le- releases and uh yeah i mean really just w- what i really want to talk about is the intense feeling that you get when you sit in a movie theater whether or not your movie's playing in that block or your movie's playing later in that same festival it's just like i have a very unique feeling i get when i'm in that situation that's different if uh I'm not part of the festival, so I want to talk about that. But first, I guess right now I'm sort of feeling
1: a little down in the dumps, and uh, I don't, don't know why. Um, when did it start? I don't did know. it start after the film festival or <laughs> before the film festival? <laughs> uh, Let's pinpoint this.
0: Uh, and after. I mean, it basically started sometime in the midday yesterday. Um, huh. So I don't know if it's directly related to the online, online release or anything, or if it's just... I don't know. I think it's just this feeling of like failing at everything, you know? I
1: thought this is the only something that I felt.
0: No, I feel it too. I mean, I just, (laughs) I feel like I have so many things I have to be, I should be doing and so many things that should be happening and I'm not doing any of them. And I think part of it is because like with brother, I'm pretty much locked into a time frame where there is like absolutely nothing I can do right now. Like I'm basically Mm -hmm. waiting for shots. I have a deadline. We We know exactly what we need. I already have some of the shots I wanted delivered. So it's like... Like we're making good progress and I've got the color correction scheduled. So everything's like as far up as it can be on that. But maybe I just feel like I wish it was already done, but there's nothing I can do. I mean, you probably feel this like times of gazillion, right? I mean, with your short film.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think every once in a while it just kind of hits you, especially when like you're so close to finishing a film. But then you know that once it's done, you're going to be sitting on it for a while waiting for the that release date. Like Over My Dead Body was done since may i think right
0: yeah it's been done for a long time
1: and so you have that feel that kind of like anxious feeling of what am i doing like nothing's happening i finished this film but nothing's changed yeah yeah of want you want to feel that movement some forward progress and especially when you're in like the finishing stages of a film and it just doesn't it's not it doesn't feel real until people see it yeah then it's I I totally get that. But the failure part, I don't understand that. Why Why do you feel like a failure right now? Oh, I don't know. I guess because I, I have all these scripts that I, I need
0: to read for various reasons. And then there's a lot of things I want to write, and I haven't really done any of them. And
1: So you're being less productive than you want to be. Yeah, yeah, I guess
0: so. I mean, I think... I wasn't terribly unproductive yesterday, but I mean, I think today is a good day because I don't have a lot of, uh, of my own, um, you know, corporate work to do today. And I have a lot of time where I can just spend on the creative stuff. And I think if I like read any of the scripts for any amount of time. So like if I just schedule like two hours to read and I just read in those two hours and then I schedule two hours to write and I just write in those two hours, I think, uh, that'll make me feel way better about everything. Uh Um, Yeah, but there's, there's some, some exciting things going on with me. I can't really talk about them. I wanted to talk, I haven't told you about them yet, and I wanted to tell you on the podcast but I haven't really gotten clearance from the writer who's involved and okay. nothing really has happened yet anyway so maybe it's better to go into details later but I'll just say that I found a script that I really love um, it's like one of the first scripts I've read in a long time or maybe even ever that I just thought was great that hasn't been made yet you know because mm-hmm. uh, usually when I read scripts like I'm reading scripts that are like already produced that are classics and, I, and then the ones that I'm reading that are like you know unmade are, are you know you Usually from like first-time writers or people who are just starting out, or or my own scripts, and they're just not as good generally. But this one was like, and I just thought it was great. And I like read it really fast, like in for me, two hours was like really fast. I just sat down and just this, I didn't mean, I didn't set the time to do it. I just was gonna read ten pages, and I just couldn't put it down. You know?
1: That's great. Yeah.
0: So I met with him, and and he's like agreed to to work on it with me. But um, as far as like what the next steps are, what actually is going to happen that hasn't really been decided yet, but it's like just another iron in the fire for me. Um, But there's a really good story behind this whole thing. And when when I I talked to him more about it and like, I don't think I even told him I had a podcast yet. (laughs) (laughs) When when I tell him all those things, then I can talk about it in more detail. Uh, But so it's, it's, maybe, maybe it's just that too. Maybe it's not that I'm like, i'm feeling like a failure because i have like this thing that could be great and like i don't know maybe i'm feeling insecure about me actually executing it properly you know um i don't know i think i'm just an emotional person and i get very emotional sometimes and
1: uh <laughs> that's fair yeah I don't So, know. what should we call this project so if it comes back up people know that this is what you're referencing uh, let's give it a code name project scorpion
0: oh uh, yeah we could call it like the you know I don't know. Oakland indie comedy, I guess. I, I don't know. I think that's also part of the reason why I'm a little nervous is because it's not science fiction or horror. And so, ah. you know, it's like a different type of thing for me. And I know I can, I can do it, but I don't really have a lot of proof of that in my, my, uh, resume, you know? Uh, right. so it's probably going to be like a thing where we'd have to make part of it first to like prove to the world that we're the right team to, to make the feature length. But I'm really excited about it, you know, um, and I got him cause I think, you know, it had been sitting for a long time. So I think when I met with him and I was like just exploding with the enthusiasm about his script, I think I got him really excited about it too. Yeah. So, um. You probably
1: gave up on it. It's like, ah, oh, nothing's ever going to happen with my script. Yeah.
0: And I basically read it and I just kind of felt like it needed to be made.
1: I spent some time maybe a two years ago, right after I finished Spirit Machine, I, I spent time trying to find scripts mm. and I was on, on ink tip, um, I was on Zotrope, Uh um, just asking people for scripts. And man, is it hard to find a good script. There are so many scripts out there, though. How many did you read? Oh, I don't even know. Give me like a number, like 10, 20, 30? Uh, Probably like 50. Oh, my
0: God. And 50, out of 50, like there weren't any that you thought were like great?
1: I found a few and I pursued them. But yeah, I mean, uh, out of 50, yeah, it's like you only find like... Few, like two scripts, and then there's some that are like pretty good that you feel like you could help shape if it's the right opportunity. The writer is kind of open to it, but yeah, for the most part, it's just you kind of see a script that nothing's working, mm. and not like there's not even like enough there to mold into anything. So it's it's a it was disheartening. I I did that for a while and then I just decided I can just, I'll just write a script. I can write a better script than most of these scripts out there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And then I, then I went back down the rabbit hole of like, I can't write a script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny. I mean, I, I've, I've sort of been up and down that same path. I have definitely haven't read that many scripts, you know, but I mean, I was definitely asking people about, Oh, can I read your script? Oh, I've heard, you know, and like you told me you're a writer, like, what do you have? And like, Pretty much either reading things and not liking them or uh, finding people like unwilling to share their work because they're saving it for themselves or they're it's not done or they're insecure or whatever, you know. So then I kind of went back and sort of decided that I had to just write my own thing because that was the only way it was I was going to make anything, you know. Um, yeah. But I just I, I definitely realized my shortcomings as a writer, you know, and I mean, not to say I can't be better one day and I'm sure I will get better, but I just feel like there are people, especially after reading that script, I was like, there's just people who are really good at, you know, that, that art form. And I should just try yeah, to find those yeah, people. exactly.
1: Well, yeah, if, that's the, if all your time is spent writing, you're going to get really good at writing. But if like you and me, we're also dedicating some of our time to cinematography and directing and, you know, other disciplines, then it makes it harder for us to get really good at writing. At least the way I feel, I know how to do it. I just don't have as much talent as other people to do it in a way that's smart.
0: Yeah. Um. So, what about you, man? What's going on with you right now? Anything interesting?
1: Um. I feel like most of everything that happened over the last week fits into the <laughs> topic of the week. And, right. You know, releasing over my dead body at the festival, and then online has taken up all my time it's like pretty much consuming me right now so i think i'll cover most of that i mean what we could do is answer a question we got on twitter yesterday
0: yeah let's do it um from perry wexelberg at the wexel
1: um
0: yeah he's a he's actually a really good friend of mine i've known him for 20 years oh cool so it's kind of cool that he wrote in um So he writes, uh, do you see your movies as works of art or are they popular entertainment? What is the relationship between art and indie film?
1: We just talked about this, I felt. Yeah, a little bit. Because I've kind of gone through a revolution of like like come full circle back to the way I I looked at movies as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like what really attracted me to movies when I was younger was the popular entertainment part of it. And I just liked being entertained. I liked really cool ideas. I liked like cool visual effects and interesting stories and characters. And then as I got more and more nerded out on the film aspect of it, then I became more of like a film snob. And then you start getting into like the Kubrick stuff. And you're just like, (laughs) oh man, film is art. Um, Apocalypse Now is like my favorite movie in high school mm. and then going to college and then you're around other people that are super into films. And then you start like kind of looking at films more as art than you do as popular entertainment. And then kind of the, the view of indie films is is like, yeah, it's more about people trying to do something that they can't do inside the Hollywood system, which ends up seeming more like art than it does, you know, popular entertainment. Hmm. Depend, depending on, you know what, who the filmmaker is, but you know someone like P.T. Anderson definitely like verges more on art. Oh yeah. And then now, like over the last few years, like I've been more and more interested in like the popular aspect of films and just like wanting to be entertained. So I see the as both, hmm. but film is one of. I think we said this in the last episode. Film is one of the only art forms where you you rely on the business aspect to to maintain like you can do most other art forms and it doesn't matter so much if people see it or not because you can, it's not as expensive, but film is so expensive that you kind of ha it kind of has to be entertaining.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, you say you're more into the popular art of the popular entertainment side of it right now, you know? Yeah. And I just watched Moonrise Kingdom again, uh, with the Wes Anderson film. And, uh, that movie for me is like, supremely entertaining you know but it's also like the most artsy thing ever at the same time but like i'm so entertained by that and like the way that he likes to tell his stories and the way that he likes to use visuals i just think that it's like you know it's not all like that movie to me is also very satisfying you know as far as story and even emotionally but um I just think like, I just I like watch that movie and it's just so much fun. It's just so like he's every chance he gets to like, you know, just give you the, the most interesting canvas to look at, you know, and like the most interesting oddball characters. They're just like, to me, they're endlessly entertaining, you know? And so I don't know. It's funny that this, because the, then that wouldn't be considered popular entertainment by any means, but to me, if it, it feels yeah. like it, you know, it's
1: not pop culture, it's definitely entertaining, but I think there's also art films that just, are kind of unwatchable (laughs) and they just kind of exist for the sake of just being art, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Like that's like a
1: whole other thing. I think there's like definitely different shades of filmmaking and people like different things for sure. Maybe like the, the distinction between, entertainment and art is it's a thin one i think i don't know like how What? what is art anyways
0: yeah it's a good question because like i think of some of the most popular the, f- the most famous popular entertainment type movies like the first terminator or, or the first alien or even the second aliens and the terminator 2 and those are mm-hmm. going to be considered like you know the biggest popular entertainment films of all time the biggest blockbusters whatever but to me those are like amazing works of art you know mm-hmm. and i yeah. think people are trying to go after that these days like i think You know, I mean, I'm not going to say Chappie is as good as Terminator 2 or Aliens, but he's definitely striving for that. Like he's he's striving for something that's like supremely entertaining, like big popular entertainment and something that you can look at and say this is a work of art.
1: So it sounds like in your head, the distinction between art and like popular entertainment is if something is kind of disposable, like you watch it and then you can forget about it and that's it then it's just entertainment but if it's entertaining but it has like some something deeper in it then it's art
0: yeah absolutely and I mean I think that's why I wanted to make movies in the first place is like you know especially in my high school and college days I started watching Woody Allen movies and um you know just uh, like more Scorsese you know and uh and just discovering these these fine art films, or what I think, like Raging Bull or whatever, yeah. Um, and or to Oliver Stone, I was watching like Natural Born Killers for the first time and stuff like that. And just seeing these things and just thinking, like, oh man, like I I, I watch that movie and I have a deep emotional, uh, you know, response to that. Like I th- like I think about life differently after seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do is like make people think about life differently. After they walk out of, or like, you know, the movie stops playing or whatever.
1: I'm just like kind of frustrated with this question. I've definitely had this discussion before and I feel like this is like a film school question. Like this art whole art thing. Like what is art? I don't even know. What is art? How do you define art? Well, I would say that like, and and Perry is an artist. He's an architect too. So
0: he's uh, I think this is an interesting question for him to ask because <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, he might say like everything is art. It just depends on, you know, how, and, like the context,
1: you right. know, isn't anything that man creates art in some fashion or another
0: yeah i mean i look at my hard drive on my desk here and i mean you know like that was obviously designed in a way in in a special way not just for function but also for style so i mean i look at the hard drive and that's definitely a piece of art because i
1: i think it's less of a question of like is i don't think there's a distinction like oh this film is art and this film is popular entertainment i think all film is art and some films are more popular than others that's it And I think (laughs) filmmaking is more, to me, like stories. It's about storytelling. It's just a different format of telling stories to each other. And stories, I think, are deeply important to who we are as people and humanity. It's like, it gives meaning to the world. And isn't that what all art does, I guess? It just, it helps us create meaning from things.
0: Yeah, I definitely would agree with you that all film is art. But I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to... It's, there's definitely a distinction because like you watch like an Adam Sandler comedy like let's say The Wedding Singer for example and that movie is basically like you know the the camera and the technical stuff basically just serves for the the artists and the actors to do their thing you know they're not necessarily like choosing very I mean I don't know maybe this isn't fair but it, it doesn't seem like it's a very <laughs> arty fil- film from the camera it's not an arty
1: film but that doesn't mean it's not
0: art no but like from the camera standpoint it's not like like, okay, like uh, Skyfall, like the latest James Bond movie. To me, like, you want, you look at that movie, and, like, every shot seems like, you know, a
1: painting. That's not art, though. That's just craft. That What's the difference? Because different artists have different levels of craft and how good they are at things. Like, you can't compare... The stylings of a comedy to the stylings of an action movie. Well, because like they couldn't not, uh, shoot, you couldn't shoot the wedding singer like Skyfall, because people would just be like, "That it's not that movie wasn't funny because right. it's taking itself too seriously." Like, there's it's,
0: it's a different form of the it's a art, different form. Like, you know, I just feel like as far as like the composition in Skyfall, like they're definitely. You know, they're definitely pulling out all the stops to to really make sure that each frame is extremely interesting and each angle it's, it's got like a message behind each shot in, in my opinion you know and then like mm. you but you watch like a comedy and they don't because that's not the point the point is to let the the the, the comedians do their thing let the right. let the actors be seen and so like the jokes can come that can can hit you know
1: it's almost but, like in comedies you try to get all the techniques of filmmaking out of the way. Mm -hmm. you know exactly you you just you want it to be invisible whereas like in a movie like skyfall i think it's more of like hey look at how great this shot is and yeah you know and i would i would
0: like i would agree with you in like saying that that is its own art form like making the camera disappear and the technical stuff disappear is a very fine art you know but then doing what skyfall does is a different type of art Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know it sounds like we're in agreement that like you know
1: all film is art and then some are more popular than others (laughs) right so then (laughs) i like that that's great and then the next question is what is the relationship between art and indie film if i'm gonna kind of extract what he's getting at there is people who make indie films aren't always popular entertainment Right. right, They're not always right. the popular ones. And that's why they kind of tend to fall outside the system. The system likes people that are popular because they can sell them and make money. So the relationship is, is that the people who aren't making films like everyone else and maybe have a different perspective, a different point of view, are making films outside the system. And that's kind of where indie film has always been. It's, it's people operating outside the system. And every once in a while, some of those people hit. And they become popular, but not a lot of them.
0: Right? Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, but I mean, what's the relationship between art and indie film? I mean, I think he he probably wants us to say like indie film is art and popular entertainment isn't. And but I don't feel that way
1: <laughs> I don't at feel all. That way either I I think that's unfair. Yeah,
0: I mean, I feel like. I don't know. I I feel like indie film is, is uh, the art that you don't necessarily see, you know, it's like, because it doesn't get out pushed out into the world in a big way. And you have to find it It's just like the little art gallery that doesn't have, you know, notoriety and and tons of people coming to it every every day or every Mm -hmm. weekend or whatever, you know,
1: Right, if we were to if we were to take this question, and then apply it to like paintings, would you say that any painting that's a famous painting isn't art because it became popular? Yeah, that's you know, a, that's the that's a same good point. Thing. It's all art. Everything in a museum is art. Some paintings are more famous than others. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily better than others. There's unknown paintings that are amazing. It's just some of it has to do with marketing too, right? Yeah,
0: and then I guess you'd have to say that, like, you know, popular entertainment, like, is it art? Well, it just all comes down to taste, you know? Like, what, what, what is your taste, you know? But I think yeah. you have to kind of say that it's all art, you know, in one way or another.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Cool. Done that it. was a, uh,
0: we're, we're in more agreement than I thought we would be. <laughs> that's
1: that's good. <laughs> good. Well, let's talk about releasing Over My Dead Body. Uh, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about seen movies at a festival well
0: let's just talk about this festival first and i want to ask you some very direct questions yeah. um
1: so last week over my dead body premiered at the san jose international film festival and it was a part of the northern california filmmakers block which was on a saturday at six o'clock
0: sh- shout out to tony gaspatone Guess, Jasper <laughs> Tune. I, dude, I'm sorry, man. Your last name is tricky, but uh, Tony listened to the podcast before uh, we went to the film festival, and he had a film, uh, 1440 and Counting, in the same block as our film. So we met him at the film festival, he was a great guy. Uh, but yeah, shout out to him and his movie and his
1: success. Yeah. Um, Tony, and, and then all the other filmmakers too. There are a lot of awesome filmmakers, yeah, there. a lot of awesome filmmakers. So our our plan to release the film was let's kind of drive a little bit of awareness around the film as we go towards the festival. I think uh, a lot of the producers on the, or executive producers on the film kind of felt like they wanted the festival to be the big thing. And they wanted a lot of people just to come to the festival. And then all Rick and I were more interested in like, let's use the festival as a launching ground to get the movie online and get people excited about it. So Behind the scenes, we were sending out press releases and emails to blogs and websites and just trying to and telling people, hey, our film's premiering at this film festival. And then on Monday after the festival, we're going to go online with it. Can you help us get the word out? By the time, I mean, really leading up to the film festival to me, I was like indifferent kind of like um, oh yeah it was almost kind of like an obligation Uh, i gotta go see my film at the film festival once i was there i was excited though once saturday came around i was like oh yeah you can go see it and then once i saw it with an audience i was so excited because i forgot what it's like to see a comedy with an audience. Cause it's been about five years since I've done it.
0: Well, what is, so, okay. So we went and we saw a, a film before our film block. We saw this film, meet the filmmaker thing with a short film by a, uh, a, a filmmaker who's also an actress. And we sat in that theater together and yeah. I definitely had some very strong emotions um, during the Q and a before the film and then watching the film. And then after the film, I mean, I was just watching it and just thinking like, Wow, this is good, like this is a a high quality movie, and this is well made and you know it, it part of it was discouraging, but then part of it just like was fuel for my fire, like okay well this is this is the competition, this is the world that we live in this is how good you have to be to uh you know to keep on going I'm not saying that I thought her movie was like a most amazing thing ever, but just like production quality wise mm-hmm. and you know like this is the competition you know these are and not to say that. I'm directly competing with her because I'm not trying to make the same kind of movies that she's trying to make. But, you know, this is just this is the world that we live in. So, you know, if you want to make movies and, you know, that like get them seen like this is what you this is what you have. This is where you have to be, you know.
1: Yeah. I felt more of that while we were watching our block. I felt so small. Yeah. And so insignificant. Like you look at the quality of work that people are putting out. Yeah. yeah. I was just kind of blown away. I mean, Absolutely. Tony's film had such high production value. And yeah. And that Market Street film was like, what? That was yeah. crazy. It was so That good. was crazy. <laughs> Over My Dead Body is not scary <laughs> at all compared yeah. to that movie. It's like, I have I know. so much to learn. So it was really cool to watch those movies. But it also, I mean, it, I felt pretty discouraged oh yeah watching over my dead body with an audience uh kind of seeing some of the flaws and how it played with people Mm -hmm. um and then seeing the quality of the other films and how much better they did than i did and (laughs) i think i left that night i mean that the feeling is kind of faded but i i kind of left that night kind of wondering if i should quit really oh man that's so funny i was like and I don't know. I don't know if I should do this anymore. I don't know why I'm beating myself up. Like I'm not as good as these other people. There's like I'm, I'm in a Northern California filmmakers block. This is this is my biggest competition because I live around these guys. Right? Like, they're only gonna Hollywood's only gonna take so many Northern California filmmakers, right? Well, they're gonna take Tony over me. You know, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna take this Market Street dude over me, Psst. and I. Once Spirit Machine comes out, it's not going to even like live up to any of these films. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I should do this. I mean, that the feeling's so gone now. But I was, I was just kind of like, shit. What am I doing?
0: Well, that's interesting because, like, I didn't really feel. I, I definitely felt like, yeah, these are some awesome movies, and I kind of felt like it's just more, more of the same feeling that I had on the other film festivals I've been to, where like all the the films that I play with are like. Epically good, you know, like great production value, like interesting stories, and uh, you know, it just it was just more of that. And like, I mean, they had two time travel stories in that block, and I love yeah. time travel. So I was just like a kid in the candy store. I was like, oh my god, time travel, <laughs> sweet horror <laughs> on Market Street? Oh man, this is great. Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt that um, you know, our film compared to the other films, I, I definitely felt like it was deserving to be there. Like I didn't feel like, oh, wow, like, all these movies are so great and ours isn't so good. Like, I kind of felt like, you know, I th- I felt it was definitely a different type of story than the rest of them, but I think that's why it's interesting because it's not the same type of story and it was not told in the same way that the other ones were necessarily. And um I feel like there was a a nice little arc in our story, you know? And I felt like the audience reaction definitely spoke to that. You know, like, people were laughing, people... down they like you could feel that they were engaged and it's like that's a really great feeling to 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 feel from the audience you know yeah yeah i felt good about it and i mean you know part of my emotion and i don't know if this was in that block or in the other film but i just sort of felt like you know like there's just so many stories being told and so many people making movies i i I mean i wouldn't think that i should quit but i felt like before i make my next movie like, I need to really make sure that this, this story is, is a very interesting story and, and deserving of being made. Mm-hmm. Because you, the last thing that you want to do is make something that's derivative of everything else. Yeah. And I just feel like these days, there's, there's, there's so many movies that have been made in the past. There's so many movies being made now. It, it's really hard to uh be unique and to stand out from, from anything else. Like I watched, watched all those short films and a lot of them, like a lot of the things that were happening, like felt familiar, you know, it, it just raised that bar again. It's like, I have to be better. I have to try harder. Like I have to come up with like something really interesting to say and a new different way to say it, you know? And, and, and that's what it's going to take t- to stand out against what's coming next. It's just, there's so many things out there. It's like, you need you need to have something unique to
1: say, I guess
0: is what I'm what I'm getting at.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know. I agree with that. So if you haven't seen Over My Dead Body, stop the podcast right now and go watch it because I want to talk specifically about what I thought I could have done better. Because seeing it with an audience was cool because I could really hear how they reacted to things. And the first fault that I saw was the opening wasn't scary enough. And I didn't hmm. put the camera in the right spots. Hmm. I think the problem was that I didn't go back and look at uh, scary scenes and learn from them. And I just kind of pulled stuff out of my head and was like, oh, that's going to work. That's going to work. And that was dumb of me because I think could have <laughs> been that opening scene could have been so much scarier and so much better. If I would have just even put the camera behind her as she's like coming going towards the door and i think some i think that was my idea originally um but i didn't fight for it because there's logistical problems with doing it something has to do with like how we lit it or i don't remember exactly what it was yeah i I would have designed that whole opening scene different with her dancing with the the low shot going towards the door the way she approached the door all of that to me is doesn't work i I think it's terrible and i disagree (laughs) <laughs> then when people then people started laughing like at, pretty much starting from the title which was good and then almost every single joke got a laugh up until the point where they started talking about meatloaf. There's a few lines in there that should have been funny that I didn't push hard enough to mm. make funny, and I don't know exactly where I went wrong but they didn't land with the audience and I always felt in the rough cuts that they weren't totally working so that whole like middle section before they get scared and then you go to kind of like this uh, little emotional scene at the end I just feel like there's a few misses in there and then the end I feel like there should have been like I felt like the audience wanted to laugh like one more time because they were laughing so much and then it gets really heavy and serious and emotional and I feel like there should have been like one more joke in there. Well, one, they, like they laughed thing. at the
0: at the teaser, at and the then the,
1: yeah, and then you come back, and I think that's funny. But I feel like there might there could have been something better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what you would have done in that, and and. Bit where she's getting really emotional and they come together because I don't a joke there wouldn't have been right, you know. Um, it's so, so my opinion about this stuff, it's really hard to gauge whether people are scared or not because they're not going to be screaming all the way through (laughs) anything. Oh, haven't you seen
1: the trailers for Paranormal Activity 4? The audience is like they're screaming the whole time,
0: yeah, but that's not what we're doing, that's not the type of that's not the type of of horror that we did in that opening sequence. Yeah. I love that opening sequence, by the way. I think it's great. Like, I just, I love the way that we shot it. I love the way it looks. I do think it builds tension. Um, I don't think it's overly scary, but I think you're definitely, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing it up, you know, and then, you know, then you take it away with the, with the flowers and the way that she reacts. And then the comedy begins, but I think it's a really, I think you wouldn't get laughs the same way. Uh, if you try to to shove the horror down their throats, mm. you know, like I think doing it in the way that we did it was was good and it fe- it feels right for it, you know, because there's nothing worse than like a, a film trying to scare you and failing, you know. <laughs> and if you right. try to scare them uh, the audience too much in that beginning, I think it would. Detract from the comedy that comes just a minute after
1: that. Maybe, but I my theory going into shooting this movie was horror and comedy work together because if like let's say you come home and your wife is hiding somewhere and then she scares you and you scream and then you immediately like become self conscious and start laughing that you screamed at, at being scared. hmm So I think that I think there's something interesting about that self-conscious feeling of like all right i just got scared but there was nothing really to be scared of and then you can laugh that i i wanted to try to do that so i wanted that opening scene to be really really scary and then diffuse it with the this the flowers and be like nope, this guy's just here for a date and and have people like that be like catalyst for the laughter to come
0: right well i think what what took for me like just thinking about it now and I don't know if I knew this while we were editing or not, but mm-hmm. the fact that we show the flowers, um, before we get into the house, you know, in that outdoor shot, I think that kind of diffused the horror a little bit because I even I heard agree. somebody laugh, uh, when they saw the flowers. Yeah. And so I don't know. I kind of feel like that might, might have been like keeping, keeping it more of a mystery of, of what's coming, but, you know, and staying in the house and maybe creating a more of a claustrophobic feeling would have yeah. helped to do Or, that. like,
1: using the camera, there's always that the kind of roaming camera that feels like it's from the point of view of the monster in the shadows, like, looking in. Like, it could have been, like, <laughs> through the window, or it could have just been, yeah. like, in the house, like, kind of a little farther back. Like, I, I think we needed, like, a nice wide shot that just felt like somebody was watching her. I don't know, I think there just could have been a little bit more in there, and maybe it's also part of me just now wanting to make a different movie, because at the time I'm sure I made those decisions thinking they were the right ones, and they they might still be, but now I'm... I want to make a different movie.
0: Yeah. That's funny. I think after this, I've felt this way with my other films, but like after you watch it with a, with an audience, you tend to, I tend to want to like go back and make a different movie <laughs> and be like, Oh, I should have done it
1: like this. And like, Oh, I didn't, Oh, why did I yeah. do that?
0: I should have done this. And I think that's just a natural thing that most filmmakers go through. I'm sure.
1: Maybe. But overall I was really, really happy with how it played. Yeah. We got So many laughs and like people just seem like they wanted to laugh. Like It got yeah. to the point where I feel like they were laughing at things that weren't even that funny just because they wanted to laugh at it. So it was good. I, I really enjoyed it and it made me really happy to see the the reaction and yeah, that reminds me. I promised somebody I would post up the lookbook I put together or the treatment I put together for the short film once it was online. So in the show notes on making movies is hard.com, I will include that so everyone can see, Uh, what we shared with everyone so that we could achieve what we did. So it has like references to the look of it, it has references to the tone, it has references to the makeup, and you can kind of compare to like what the ideas were before and how it turned out. If you look at the references compared to what we ended up with, I mean, they nailed it. They got exactly what we were going after. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. And I mean, I think that's like sort of what you're not really giving yourself enough credit for, you should probably take more ownership of it than <laughs> than than you are, because, I mean, I learned so much from you on this project, and a lot of the things that you did in pre production for uh, Over My Dead Body, I then did my own for Brother. That's you great. You know, and so I feel like, yeah,
1: man, I don't know, like, so I don't know how helpful this is to other people. What can we What can we talk about that might be helpful to other filmmakers?
0: i don't know that are i think listening
1: to this is this helpful like i feel like this is more of like a good debrief for you and me i don't know if this is gonna translate to other people uh, yeah right that's now. a good question i mean i just sort of feel <laughs> like um
0: i don't know i mean what what's useful for people i think the thing that's useful for people to know is the bar is high uh so set your standards high make something awesome make it get it out there Make a
1: movie. Yeah. I think the takeaway for me, (laughs) I guess if you haven't been to a film festival, what you can expect is you're, you're going to see your film in the context of like, what else is out there? I don't know. I think when I showed man's best friend, I was a lot more of like man's best friends, like way better than all those other films. (laughs) (laughs) I was in like such a different mindset. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, But you might also just feel like I did in this one where just like, holy crap, people are making some amazing films. Like the competition is tough. Yeah. And if you look at like the amount of work that's going into these films, like the credits on all these films were long. Yeah. They had so many people involved. I would say like don't wait to see movies at a film festival until after you've done one. Go watch them now. Yeah. like Go see some of the films because you're going to feel these things even if you don't have a film playing in it and just get a sense for like, what does a film festival accept? What are the quality of the films that are showing at film festivals? Because that'll give you a good sense then if your film even like lives up to that. Yeah. That's a good, that's good advice. Every film festival is different and you have to take advantage of it in a different way. I think this one ended up being kind of like a cast and crew screening for us and we all, like, celebrated afterwards and had some drinks and, you know, just said, hey, congratulations, we did it. Um, but there was, like, definitely some, a little bit of, like, business going on at the film festival, especially since we're all local and as a local film festival. Like, people wanted to, like, talk to us and, like, invite us to do things or, um, you know, collaborate on stuff or, you know, meet up sometimes. So I didn't expect that. I just kind of thought that we'd go do our thing, party and get out of there. So I was kind of surprised how many people like wanted to come talk to us afterwards. Mm. Did you feel like you took advantage of that as much as you possibly could? I think you mentioned at one point, like I wish I would have brought some cards or some flyers about the online release or something. What what would you have done differently if you could go back now that you know what to expect?
0: I I would have definitely um, brought, we should have brought flyers and it should have had the online online release information on it. And then it should have had some information about the podcast on it, um, because I feel like there are a lot of people in that audience who were interested in in both those things. Uh, but I don't know how many of those people retain the information the next day or even Monday to, like, you know, look up over my dead body or go home and look up making movies is hard or anything like that you know
1: that's a good point well we didn't know we were going to be talking about the podcast that just kind of came out yeah tony had heard the podcast and 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 told the audience like you should listen to this podcast and then the director of the festival took the mic at the end too and and had us plug the podcast and talk about it so i don't think we probably could have anticipated that the podcast (laughs) would have been something (laughs) but we we probably knowing that the online release was just a few days away we'd probably definitely should have had flyers. So,
0: yeah, you know, I think those are things I would have done differently. And that's things I've done in the past is had had postcards and made up and things like that. But I guess I just didn't think that it mattered for this one for some reason. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it always matters. And especially when you're trying to get somebody to do something actionable, which we were uh, a flyer is a good thing to have, you know? Um, Yeah. But I, I mean, I wish I could have talked to more people and I wish I could have seen more movies. I wish I could have gone the next day. Um, I, I love, I like being in a film festival environment. It's really fun. And I think you meet some really cool people and make some really cool connections. So I was sort of bummed that I only went for one day and that, uh, I didn't, you know, take more advantage of, of the film festival in general, you know, cause it was a really cool film festival with really cool movies. And, uh, you know, it was a shorts only film festival. And I think like, I, I like short programs more than than feature programs because feature programs are fun and I love features, but like being able to see like ten like five to ten minute movies, you know, in an hour and a half or whatever, like that's pretty freaking cool. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing I'll say too is be prepared to answer questions. Because I I knew that they were gonna ask questions. Like we had an interview on camera at scheduled at 510 before the screening. And then we also knew that there's gonna be QA after the screening. But and the questions are always the same, but I didn't prepare anything <laughs> and I felt like I was so caught off guard because it has been a year since we started this project. So I forgot about all the things of casting actors and, you know, prepping this project, putting together the lookbook, all that stuff just escaped my mind. And I'd only just kind of thought of like the film was a finished piece. I didn't think about all the steps that it took to create it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like reflect back a little bit before you go to a festival. And kind of remember like how you started, what it was like along the way. And maybe it would have been a good idea for you and me just to talk about that to kind of refresh our memories. Because like uh, one of the questions was, is there any standout moments to you on the shoot, you know, that were really special? I had to like really dig deep to remember what the shoot was like. Yeah. It was like last December. And then the other question they always ask is what's next? Oh, yeah. And I did not have an answer prepared. Uh,
0: It's so hard right now for me, man, because I got like a lot of irons in the fire, you know, like I have my short film coming out, which is like, you know, the obvious thing to talk about. But I mean, I've also got two other things that I might, that I want to make soon. I've got like this this feature that I'm attached to. And then this other thing I just found that I'm like trying to make happen. So there's just so many things to talk about. And then like, you know, in that context, like I'm the producer, like I don't really want to take a lot of time talking about what I'm doing next. So I just like, you know, plug brother a little bit and sort of passed (laughs) it to you. But I mean, there's just so many different
1: things happening. The way that I look at that question is I think you need to be smart about it because you have to imagine that there might be somebody in the audience that after seeing your film could potentially want to work with you. So you shouldn't make it sound like you have so many things going on that you're not focused. I would, if you have a bunch of projects, I think you should just choose one and just say, this is what I'm planning to do. Right. So the, my answer at the festival was, I just kept talking about like, next, I want to do a feature Mm -hmm. just, you know, just plain, simple as that. Like I have obviously a bunch of features that I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, and I didn't want to plug a specific one, but I, I thought that was like my next good move.
0: Yeah, that was a good answer. You know, I, I think I think keeping it simple is also important. You know.
1: Yeah, and so we'll. I think we'll talk more about the online release. We're only halfway through our week. Uh, or like we're two days into it at this point. Right. Um, but let's just talk about like what are some of the struggles that we're facing with the online release. I'm uh, I'm finding that the struggle is getting people to watch it. Like we're getting a lot of impressions. I like we're written up in a bunch of places. Um, I think through film shortage, we had something ridiculous. Some an, a ridiculous amount of Facebook shares. It was like
0: 205 or something like that. Yeah,
1: but less than 200 views on the film when that happened. Yeah, there's like how that math doesn't make sense. Why are why would people share a film they're not watching?
0: Cuz you you think like each Facebook share should
1: get you about 10 views roughly? Even just one view. Right. Why? <laughs> right. Why would somebody share the film and not watch it? So it just it's weird. I'm like so confused about this whole thing and yeah, and then yeah, I mean if it gets shared shouldn't somebody also just click on it? Like at least one person if it goes out to like 100 Facebook friends, don't you think at least one of them would click on it? Yeah. I know, so I, it's just trying to convince people to to watch it. It's cr- it's hard, man. It's, I was telling somebody yesterday, this is almost as hard as like making the movie, just getting people to watch uh, it. Oh yeah. And then one of the things that we don't have as as much
0: as a Strange Thing did was we don't have as many comments or likes on the video. Because no. I think I had like seven or eight comments on the first day or two. And I think we have like one comment right now. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think we just need to keep on pushing it. And, uh, you know, I had a busy work day yesterday, so I didn't really push it very much. But I think I'm going to push more today. But it's like trying to find that the right balance of – posting it and, and not oversaturating your feed with posts, (laughs) you know, and not being spam. Yeah. And I, and you made a really beautiful, a couple of beautiful images last night. And I think using those is going to help, uh, you know, get some awareness and some attention. And, uh, you know, I, Honestly, like, I think there's probably some still still some more articles to be written about it and still some more posts to be made. So we'll see what we'll see what materializes in the next you know week or two.
1: Yeah. What I am happy about is that this coincides with Halloween. Oh, yeah. And that's such a, a mis- an accident. We did not n- plan that. It just kind of happened because we waited for the San Jose International Short Film Festival, which just happened to be the week before Halloween. Like, that's yeah. such a good coincidence because this is a perfect halloween movie oh yeah it also might make it harder because the market's saturated with other halloween movies well i
0: think like a lot of the places that we sent the the film to we might see articles written about it on halloween because it fits with the theme you know yeah um but we'll wait and see i mean i think we just need to keep on it you know and uh my biggest thing was strange thing is i probably like spent monday completely all over posting and writing and responding and being active and then maybe a little bit on the next day and then a little bit on the next day and then basically a week later uh, besides responding to all the the you know action I got the, on the huge article that was written uh, I didn't really do much else you know I was kind of like just sort of satisfied and I just stopped but I think like Just keeping sending, keep on sending it out, like find new blogs to send it to. I mean, it doesn't matter that it's not a premiere. Like we should just keep on pushing it for like a month, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just if we keep on it, we're just going to get more and more attention. So I think the worst thing that we could do at this point is just stop. And I think we just need to continue and continue in a proper way that that doesn't feel like we're hitting people over the head with it, but that we're just consistently
1: talking about it and being active and pushing it out there you know yeah so i'm i'm excited that this is happening on the podcast because we've been talking about this movie since we started the podcast yeah now it's out in the world and you're going to hear how it does and how we tackle the the problems i it's been i feel like it's been a quite a struggle to get it out there i've been following Ulrich on again kind of getting his advice on how this all works because he had a great success with strange thing and i think this will be like another uh test that we'll see like how it did and like what worked and what didn't and we'll report back and let everyone know but it is just kind of like baffling right now like to have two i'm looking at right now film shortage 218 facebook shares on film shortage within two days but it's not translating to views. Yeah.
0: Well, you that's know, crazy. I think we just need some to have some patience and uh, I think we just need to keep on pushing it out there and keep on talking about it. And I mean, the more people that write about it and the more places that it gets posted, the more likely it's going to find the blogger who's going to write the, the big article that's going to, you know, get a lot of attention. So I think we just need to keep on at it and, uh, you know, eventually it's going to get put on blast, you know, at some point.
1: I hope so. Um, my boss said something really nice to me yesterday. Oh, yeah? He came in my office, shook my hand, and he said, this is your best film to date. Oh, that's awesome,
0: man. Like, Congratulations.
1: Yeah. So that, that felt good. I, I feel I'm feeling way better now after getting reviews on the film and hearing from people that I respect, and everyone seems to like it. No one's telling me that they hate it, so that's good. Yeah,
0: it's a really it's a it's a it's a it's a crowd pleaser, man, you know? And it's it's fun, it's weird, it's goofy. Um and uh the performances are really great. I'm I'm so charmed by both the actors uh every time I watch it, especially in the on in the big screen on in the theater. And I'm really proud of it, dude. Like I think it, you know, especially from a producer standpoint, I think I think we nailed it, you know? Yeah. But uh but yeah, I mean it's funny that like, the like we made that movie and then basically out of making that, that short film, we, the, the podcast was born. So I think it's always yeah. going to be a special project because it kind of brought us together and brought us to, to do this, this show. And I think, you know, it's a, uh, it's great. Like I, it's funny, like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, how I was feeling kind of shitty. I already feel way better uh just talking to you for an hour it's Good. like
1: oh dude i feel great this is awesome I, we probably should have done the podcast like on sunday yeah so we could have capture some of those feelings a little a little bit more immediately yeah. like yeah. we did after the andrew schrader interview yeah, yeah i was feeling very emotional let's put it that way i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think what else i guess by the time this comes out we'll uh, we'll be a week into our online re- uh, release like go check out Vimeo, see how many hits we have. Uh, right now we have a little more than four hundred, and it's uh, Wednesday morning. And yeah, I mean, help us get the word out. Check it out. Check out our new website. Um, we'll we'll put this out into the world. I mean, right now we're kind of focused on over my dead body, but pretty soon the website we really want to be a place for people to come together and share ideas um, and and talk about what we're talking about and expand the conversation beyond the show. So we're hoping that it becomes almost kind of like a forum for people just to like share their experiences or agree with us, disagree with us. So go to the comments section of today's episode on making movies is and let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want, we want to hear, man. We want to hear what you guys think of this episode. Was it useful? Was this just good for Timothy and I, or is this good for the world? <laughs> like, do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Do you
1: hate film festivals? Uh, let us know, man. Um. Yeah. And, on our website, I'm going to like, I think I'm going to stop saying all of our Twitter stuff and everything <laughs> at the end of the show soon, because uh, I think what, it, what it's going to be from here on out is find us at makingmoviesishard.com. You can connect to us through Twitter and Facebook on the website. You can leave comments on the website. And then you can also send us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com um, if you want it to be a little bit more private. We would love to share emails on the show, so if you don't want it to be shared, just let us know. But yeah, for the most part, anything you send to us goes public. We're gonna talk so about careful. it. we're, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna dissect
0: it. it, and all your typos and all the mistakes you made in your email will be blasted out to the world. So, <laughs>
1: um, and you know, you can you can find us on Twitter at mmih podcast, and I'm at Timothy Plain. Alric, where can people find you? At Ulrich B. Yo. <laughs> cool and we also have a facebook page
0: yeah like the facebook page we've been at like 179 likes for like a million years i feel <laughs> like, let's get over 200 come on guys like i know there's more than 200 of you listening let's just do this <laughs> Jeez.
1: um cool well i think that's it for the show i gotta head to work all right thanks again i, I think i'm um, this was cathartic for me i needed to talk about this stuff i uh, will It'll be interesting to listen back and see how it edits together for other people.
0: Yeah, I feel better, too. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, dude. All right. See ya.